Here's some exciting news from our friends at NT Factor. You've heard me talk for years about the natural energy-producing benefits and anti-aging effects of NT Factor's line of nutritional supplements. Well, now those same benefits are available for your pets. Introducing NT Factor Pet Power. It's the first formula to restore the structure and function of cellular membranes in animals increasing vigor and vitality. By adding NT Factor Pet Power to their food, research has shown that energy loss and other age-related changes in animals were reduced and are delayed after only eight weeks of daily use. Now your pets can benefit from the same clinically proven formula I use and prescribe to my patients to repair damaged cells and improve your body's natural energy production. Clinical trials have shown that NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half and it also reduces some of the side effects of aging. With a 45-day money-back guarantee of nothing to lose. You can get the NT Factor line of nutritional formulas, including the all-new Pet Power, by calling 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Favorite time of my week because I get an opportunity to field your questions, uh, capably assisted by Layla Mutin, who's our nutritionist in residence. Uh, it's always interesting what comes down the pike. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. So how are you doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman, how are you doing? Good, good. Uh, COVID, COVID everywhere. Uh, uh, yeah. Lots of people coming down with COVID. You know, I just keep hearing of, you know, uh, patients and family members, and they're, they're testing positive for COVID. They're all doing pretty well. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, and what we're hearing is that statistically here in New York, which uh, is always the epicenter of COVID, uh, that the numbers are declining. So yeah. I liken this to sort of a swift prairie fire that's going to kind of rage through the landscape and uh, scorch the earth, but leaving mm -hmm. in its wake uh, a lot of natural immunity, uh, which is to the good. So, you know, we just have to hunker down and uh, make it to Super Bowl time. <laughs> and you know, we should be experiencing a lot better uh, uh -huh. situation. So, um, you know, as you know, Layla, uh, because you you helped me proofread articles before they go to press. Uh, this week's article is entitled in the newsletter, which you can you can always uh, subscribe to the newsletter. Go to drhoffman.com and subscribe to the newsletter if you haven't already done so. But even if you don't subscribe, you can always read it because we post it at drhoffman.com. Some people don't like newsletters. You know, they don't want to get it. So, okay, fine. But you can still read it. Um, the title is uh, Maybe We Should Talk Less About COVID. And Yay. <laughs> yeah, and, and and the reason is, uh, and, you know, you, that may offend people or take off some people. People have COVID yeah. on the brain. Yeah. I even saw a recent cartoon about that. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, what we need is a kind of a great unwinding uh, because uh, I believe, and I have good reason to believe that, and I'm also, this view is shared by many of my medical and scientific colleagues that uh, this will become uh, endemic instead of pandemic. And uh, it may cycle back as a seasonal flu-like illness. But the vast majority of people who are getting it 
uh, are not that sick. Uh, mm-hmm. Perhaps it's due to vaccination. Perhaps it's due to uh, the fact that people have had COVID before because many people have had COVID and they're catching it again. They got the alpha COVID in 2020 and, or they got the Delta and now they're, they're getting uh, uh, the um, Omicron. And yeah. I, I just heard, I just uh, learned of a family member who he, a young man, you know, he's like 45 and uh, prudently he decided to get a booster. I mean, he's not at high risk. He's in terrific shape, but he decided just for the sake of his family and for, you know, business purposes, because he has mm-hmm. a lot of meetings and, a, you know, goes to an office that he would patriotically get a booster. Well, he just tested positive. I mean, he's not <laughs> uh, he's not suffering. I mean, he's got like, you know, it's kind of a head cold kind of situation. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we're seeing so much breakthrough that, um, you know, it, it kind of calls into question uh, the use of our previous strategies, which is lockdown. Uh, boosters. I mean, and, and now they're doing a, a fourth booster in Israel. That's almost uh, wow. becoming mandatory. Uh, but uh, an article came out in Bloomberg, which I posted on Facebook, on social media. A lot of people did, which states that the, the fourth shot does not protect very much against Omicron. I, and you look, there, we can always argue that it, it might have been worse if you hadn't taken the vaccine. But um, I had a caller this weekend on my show, she introduced herself saying, I'm 70 years old. Uh, I'm not in the best of shape. I'm not in bad shape. I mean, I take a lot of supplements, but I do have some health issues. And I just got Omicron. And I said, well, how are you doing? And she said, well, I on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst, it was a 1. I mean, so oh. this is an unvaccinated person, 70 yeah. years old. I mean, oh, horror. You know, here's With somebody. health issues, yeah. Right. So... <clears throat> I, I don't know that we're really studying so much what's happening then. There's no question that some of the people ending up in intensive care are unvaccinated. Perhaps there's a greater likelihood that you'll go down that pathway. But uh, mm-hmm. again, the vast majority of those people, uh, they they probably should have gotten the vaccine. They may have very serious comorbidities. Um, yeah. And that's, I think, uh, where the real imperative for the vaccine are. But this, this strategy of mass vaccination including kids to uh, crush COVID or flatten the curve. Uh, that's not is, happening. It's yeah, not being crushed and the curve is not flattening. That, that's that's last year's narrative. It's it's an obsolete mm-hmm. narrative. It's not really. So um, anyway, so but by talking a little less about COVID, I think, you know, by every time we talk about it, even if we talk about natural things, like we say, oh, well, this vitamin, this supplement is really, it's really good against COVID. It's COVID, COVID, COVID. We're still reinforcing uh, people's obsession with COVID, albeit yeah. from a natural perspective. And, and that's fine. You know, I will pass along that information because I think that's what's helped a lot of people um, in our audience uh, through the past couple of years, whether or not they came down with COVID, uh, the severity may have been mitigated by all the natural things that they were doing, you know, uh, zinc and vitamin D and, you know, by taking uh, plausible uh, nutraceuticals, um, mm-hmm. they may have... Uh, reduce the severity when they eventually come down with it as inevitably they might. So mm-hmm. that that's the position I'm taking in 2022 and uh, you know, float that out there in our newsletter. Uh, some people will be uh, abashed that a medical professional should say such a thing, such a heretical thing. But I, I think it's going to resonate with a lot of our audience because people just, 
they feel burned. There are more and more medical professionals coming out and saying yep. that, which I'm very encouraged by. Yep. And, and some of them were already prescient. They were saying it in 2020. You know, the people who signed out of the Great Barrington uh, Declaration. Yes, uh, are, the they're Great starting, Barrington they're starting, De- Declaration, yes. They're, they're appearing vindicated now because what they said is, mm-hmm. look, let's protect the vulnerable. But unfortunately, uh, we have a poor track record with respiratory viruses, with vaccines, um, and uh, lockdowns cause more harm than good. And kids yeah. uh, generally get very much milder infections and uh, I got I got a five year old in my family, and uh, he just he just had COVID. I mean, tested, he was like mm. he had like the sniffles, you know, it was nothing. But he the tested sniffles, positive. Okay. But still, they're going to. He can't go to some of his activities now. Uh, he likes to go to, um, you know, this this special uh, gymnastics class uh, at Chelsea Piers here in Manhattan. And in order mm. to go there, a five year old has to be vaccinated. He can't go out to dinner with his parents anymore. Actually, he just yeah. turned, he just turned six, so he he truly is. Oh my goodness! Like, you know, he's very very uh, strongly urged to take the vaccine. Well, he had COVID, wow. you know, and I think that speaks well for his chances of uh, not coming down with anything serious again. But you know, yeah. so be it. This is New York, New York City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of, uh, remember. Dr. Hoffman, last week or uh, maybe two weeks ago, Denise wrote us, and she was the person who had the question about CIDP, of the demyelating polyneuropathy, Mm -hmm. chronic inflammatory demyelinating demyelinating polyneuropathy. (laughs) It's a mouthful, mouthful, right? Right. Right. Uh, And she says, thank you for further addressing it in your newsletter article, Feed Your Head. One bit of information, Denise says, that may be relevant, but there's no way of knowing how relevant, is that my symptoms began several weeks after the COVID vaccination. The first shot was Pfizer, and the second was Moderna five weeks later. I know this could be a coincidence, although prior I had no neurological symptoms, and I was feeling quite well. Other vaccines are known to be linked to autoimmunity. Is there any mounting evidence that the COVID vaccine can cause, on rare occasions, a similar reaction where the immune system goes into overdrive and attacks tissues, organs, myelin? Wow. Uh, You know, sometimes I'm prompted to write a book uh, with a catchy title, Diagnosis Coincidence. You know, mm. because people mm. after this or that medical intervention, take, after taking a certain medication or taking a vaccine, they come down with something. And I, it's an ironic title because I actually give credence to some of these um, to some of these stories. Uh, I have here, uh, apropos of that, um, an article entitled "Which Vaccines Cause Acute Inflammatory Demyelinating Polyneuropathy." Which is different than CIDP, but it's, you know, it's acute until it becomes chronic, right? Uh-huh. I mean, it starts out acute and then it becomes chronic. Yes. Uh, and in the article, this is from Medscape.com. This is not from like uh, RFK Jr. You know what I'm saying? This is like the standard yeah. medical. Um, it's not a journal, but it's for doctors and wonky patients to follow. Yes. 
Many cases of acute inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy were reported after vaccination for swine influenza, especially in 1976. Several cases have been reported after immunization against rabies, influenza, measles, mumps, or rubella. Um, So uh, theoretically, that's possible. Unfortunately, uh, there it will be no signature. You know, I was here. You know, Kilroy was here, like graffiti on the wall, for viruses causing all the subsequent problems that people will get, which they got before 2019, mm-hmm. and which they will get going forward. Uh, so we'll never really know um, mm. because the uh, vaccine reporting system is kaput and uh, I don't think enough research is being done to assess the negative potential for vaccines because who wants to um, get all the grants canceled when they write an article that indicts vaccines? It's just sure. not a good thing for a scientist who relies on funding to mm-hmm. get into. I mean, unless mm-hmm. they're very courageous and outspoken. So uh, what they're saying is, and, and by the way, uh, viruses themselves, infections, can cause inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy. So anything wow. that, that, that jazzes up the immune response mm-hmm. uh, can create autoimmunity, which is a form of excessive immunity. Uh, for yes. a period of time after the vaccine, your immune system is in overdrive. Yeah. And, you know, it's true that many of our patients who show up, who present with a brand new auto autoimmune condition they never had before, there's always an antecedent. Yep. And it's not necessarily a vaccine. It could be some kind of trauma. It could be an infection, as you say. Mm-hmm. It could be anything like that. It there's could usually burnout, you know, uh, exhaustion, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as you mentioned, even psychological trauma. Um, sure. You know, so, uh, you know, as we sometimes see with uh, shingles outbreaks, uh, people who yes, have stress. a lot of stress um, that may trigger a recurrence of uh, varicella, which is chickenpox, yeah. but it kind of goes in the nerves and comes out of shingles. So anyway, so the answer is plausible, but not provable and concerning. Mm. And yeah. I think that she should file with VAERS, you know, the Vaccine Adverse uh, uh, Event Reporting Service. Uh, unfortunately, uh, VAERS is not highly regulated or vetted. So if you say, uh, you know, I took the vaccine and uh, I got a bloodshot eye like a week later. Uh, well, mm-hmm. you know, it could be causal or it could just be quinky dink. Quinky dink. Yeah, <laughs> right. Good word. Yeah. So I appreciate that additional information. And, you know, so hopefully some of the strategies that we outlined uh, can be helpful at bringing resolution to this problem, which is, uh, you know, not not rare. I mean, it's not extremely common, but it I've I've seen several patients with that in our in our career uh, Mm -hmm. with this condition. Yeah. Denise, we hope you feel better soon. We've got a very interesting email from Al. 
Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, here's an article. If you haven't seen it, it may interest you. And it's actually from businesswire.com that clear nasal spray, X-L-E-A-R, clear is how it's pronounced, files legal response to government. And CLEAR files legal response to government's lawsuit. Now, I know, Dr. Hoffman, that you're going to be interviewing um, the the CEO, Nathan Jones, is it? Yeah. Or maybe somebody on their science. Right. And, and by the way, the last time we talked to him, we, he, he forecast this because he said, you know, we're not going to take this lying down. We are going to fight back. And I said, yeah. well, bully for you, but man, you're taking on as a, as a private citizen um, – uh, a an entity with unlimited resources and they can yes. literally they can bleed you dry but he said you look on on principle he's going to do it because um there is plausible evidence that again yeah. this is not a panacea against covid nothing is a panacea against covid nothing no. is a panacea and we're looking for pan the vaccines not a panacea the new drugs are not a panacea the monoclonal antibodies are not a nothing is a panacea but yeah. we should be looking for mitigating strategies and and simple low tech, uh, you know, self empowering strategies like using saline nasal spray with xylitol, or you know, even using uh, iodine, or using <laughs> even oregano, uh, gargling with green tea. You know, these are, it 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 does affect the nasal passages, and um, so just a couple just a couple of excerpts here, please, Dr. Yeah, Hopkins, give it, from give this yeah. uh, brief that were you know clears the legal response. Uh, they say that the nation's vaccine-only strategy is failing, but despite this, the federal government continues to refuse to even discuss or consider other possible countermeasures, even though they are backed by sound science. Mm -hmm. And they go on to quote, you know, to get into some randomized controlled trials and so forth. And they say that the government has known about these other countermeasures since June of 2020. Yet the government still refuses to even discuss or consider them. I really have to uh, applaud Nathan Jones, mm -hmm. clear CEO, principled for guy. taking yeah. this on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, rather than try to silence science, I'm quoting again from this the government should follow the data and work with us yes. to end this pandemic. Yeah, I mean, look. That they, would be for the public good. So we we as tax, it's very strange because we as taxpayers are paying to fund an agency whose task is to root out COVID quackery, what they what they term COVID mm -hmm. quackery. And some of it is, you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, if you put like a tinfoil hat on your head, uh, you know, with a radionic device on it or something, it's not going to ward off COVID. You know, you can't go yeah. into um, you know, a, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, a disco <laughs> without a mask <laughs> and, and you'll be fine. Okay. I get it. You know, that I think is out and out fraud, but yeah. you know, plausible natural strategies, um, you know, and then on social media, oh, God forbid, you know, you talk about natural stuff for COVID, you know, you'll you be get, deplatformed. You, you, you'll get like a, first of all, every time you post about COVID, there's, there's a, like a thing, go get the official word from the CDC on COVID here, click this, you know, so that anything that is written there is counterbalanced by the official edicts about COVID. Um, yeah. And, you know, but if you make a claim that something is efficacious against COVID, even even when it's based on, and he he bases this on studies. I mean, there's studies on this. 
um, they feel it is a form of fraud and mm-hmm. they're going to go after him. Guns blazing. And he's not going to take it lying down. I mean, look, a lot of a lot of people have been tagged this way and what they say, OK, OK, I, I give up. I won't I won't advertise my products anymore as being helpful for covid, uh, even though they may be. I'll take that down. I'll change my website. I'll do it. Um, but uh, he's, he's you know, uh, fighting back. And I, I think especially in the context of it, it would have been harder to fight back in 2020 when it seemed like we needed a drug. We needed a vaccine. We didn't know enough about it. Yeah. And that so uh, don't distract people from these plausible cures for COVID. But now these plausible yeah. cures for COVID are not cures for COVID. They're they're somewhat effective. They may mitigate COVID. But, you know, uh, it, it I think by talking about these natural alternatives, it sort of fills the gap where people are looking for uh, simple methods of empowerment. And, and by the way, the vast majority of people at this point the vast majority, because millions, tens of millions of people are coming down with COVID this month. Uh, yep. They're going to do fine at home. They can, you know, take a couple of things. They'll, you know, they can take mm-hmm. some zinc and vitamin D and vitamin C and, you know, uh, uh, gargle with green tea or oregano and use some clear nasal spray. And, you know, there's and there's a, you know, take some elderberry. Uh, they're going to yeah. weather it. And, and what those things may help somewhat because each has some plausibility. Um, but you can't say it. (laughs) You're in trouble. (laughs) But hey, people are saying, people not listening anymore. They're not saying, oh, I heard that's fraudulent. So I'm not going to, the government says faith in public health officials and government officials and Mm -hmm. the media is at an all time low. The COVID is breaking the back of the conventional narrative because it's, it's so unpredictable and it's so elusive, and it does not obey uh, the dictates of you know people who are making the rules. <laughs> it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's eluding them. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So a, a applause to our good guy. I like, I could check when I I'll I'll check my calendar because I'm going to be talking to him uh, on one of our podcasts soon. Mm-hmm. Let me just see. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, While you're looking for that, it goes on to say in this article, not only is the government refusing to consider other countermeasures, the government, through this lawsuit, has sought to censor us from informing the American people about the science. That's a First Amendment thing, yeah. Yeah, the argument. American people have both the right and the need to know the science. Uh, we sorry, hope this lawsuit. Me. The, the yeah. last day of uh, February, February 28th. It's Fantastic. a short month. We'll be talking. So that's in about six weeks. Yeah. And, you know, there'll be yeah. more information about, you know, where that's going. Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, the government's going to respond and they're going to, you know, they, they may go to court. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, bravo to uh, Nathan Jones. You know, if, okay. I were, if I were the government, I would just say, look, um, it's okay for you to say that, but just put up like some kind of disclaimer, like this is this is not just not purport to be a cure. Uh, you know, consult with your doctor. 
blah 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 you know and just like yeah. let that, that would be that would be a much more appropriate response right save the taxpayers some money this, this 1984 type response right. save the taxpayers some money give us a break you know go after you know the ftc is designed to uh be like a trust buster you know kind of thing yeah you know what we don't want our tax money going to this lawsuit on the government's behalf Go, go after you know, Google, Facebook, Amazon. You know, uh, they can afford absolutely. it. <laughs> Not small, small yeah. uh, ethical companies. Uh, it's a waste of race resources. So anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, here we are uh, roped into talking more about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this, too, this too shall pass. So in part two, yes. give us a preview of what we're going to talk about in uh, the second part of our podcast in a minute. Oh, yeah. I have to do a colonoscopy type prep and i have to drink 64 ounces of gatorade is there isn't that terrible yeah all that sugar and neon coloring yeah what can i do okay yeah. is there you know for colonoscopy prep is there an alternative a cleaner uh more natural alternative mm. uh less harmful ingredients to gatorade uh, mm. which is Hey, lots of Gatorade, uh, you know, being used up. Lots of football uh, this last weekend. And the winning coaches, they get Gatorade dumped on them. That's a perfectly appropriate use of Gatorade. Gatorade is <laughs> is a perfect way to celebrate uh, a uh, playoff victory. But didn't you should not be taken internally. Get, didn't one of the coaches get dumped on by, by a lot of Cheetos? Oh, okay. That's a variation on the theme. Yeah. Okay, so that might be better with you know when it's like six degrees out. I'd rather have Cheetos sure. dumped on me than a, a barrel, literally a barrel, because they have like exactly. barrels on the side. Of, yeah, right. Because right? like, who needs that? All right, uh, coming back in just a moment. Thanks for joining us. Radio program at AOL dot com is the destination for questions. Please send them, and we'll answer them. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman today with Layla Mutant. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. We'll be right back. 